0: The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champchurch.com. Uh, I'm excited to get into the Word this morning. Uh, always excited to get into the Word, uh, but want to uh, uh, jump right in and uh, move through the Word with some really uh, uh, tremendous expectation, Uh, share a few things that we'll look forward to. Uh, Always encourage note-taking if you're able to take some notes. These might be some things you jot down that we can look forward to as we move through the Word this morning. Uh, One of the things that we're going to find is what gets God's attention. Now, you got to keep in mind when these things are being presented, a lot of the Word as it's being gathered for the message that we receive here. Is, is really impacted by the individual that is uh, preparing the message. In this case today, obviously that would be me. But the speaker has tremendous influence on things in the sense of you know, what, what impacts them. The reality is the, the passage of scripture that we'll see when we get there actually talks about something much more powerful than just attention. It talks about what gets God's favor. And, and I think that's really something that's worth uh, noting. I mean, we all need the favor of God in our lives in one way, shape, or form, or maybe many ways, many shapes, and many forms, Uh, but we need to see the favor of God active in our life. Obviously, uh, it is through Jesus that that favor comes. Another thing that you'll find is the key to being complete. That's kind of a a little bit of a riddle, you know. I mean, I don't want it to sound like you just came to church and got a bit of a fortune cookie, but we're going to see in the scripture a key to completion And I can tell you for me personally, this makes sense. There are areas of my life where I know there's been work done, where I know there's been progress, but we're still waiting for things to to cross the finish line. Uh, There are often times where maybe I've gotten better about certain things and I see that God's hand is, is working in my life, but I still want to continue to get better until there's no issue at all. I mean, whether that's something that has to do with personal disciplines or even personality they're the, the things in our lives that we deal with day to day where we're seeing the influence of God uh, through Jesus by the Holy Spirit uh, bringing about uh, uh, new and greater results. Those are the new things that come when the old things pass away, when we're born again. We're going to see one of the keys to seeing those things come to completion in our life, and that's a very important thing uh, to find. And then the third thing that we're going to find is what we need, what we need. Oftentimes we come together in in church and we talk about having needs met and all these wonderful things that we have in Jesus, and that's a wonderful thing to focus on. In fact, uh, it's for good reason that we focus on those things. Uh, We're going to see in the scripture something that we need so that we can focus on that need and make sure that it remains uh, urgent in our life. Uh, I want to get into the word right away. I told you we're going to find out what gets God's attention or what gets God's favor I want to go there first. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, specifically we're going to be looking around verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 2, and when you come to verse 20, it's going to read uh, something along these lines. What credit is there if when you sin, you're harshly treated and endure it with patience? But when you do what's right and suffer for it, patiently you endure it, this finds favor with God. Now, sometimes when we read the scripture, it's written in a way that's different than how we speak. Uh, Maybe it's in a little more of a a formal uh, presentation, Uh, language becomes more and more casual uh, throughout the ages, uh, and and especially uh, when you go to different places, you can see that people even have different dialects, way of saying things. You can hear someone say something from up north, and it sounds different than how they would say it down south. I mean, language is an interesting and funny thing. So when you read the scripture, you have to understand this has been translated, and it's good to pause and just ask yourself, what does that mean? What is this saying? I mean, what it's basically saying is when you do something wrong and you suffer for it, you deserve it. But when you don't do anything wrong and you suffer for it, you don't deserve that, but you can handle it with endurance, this finds favor with God. Now, I I experienced this on occasion. I had this happen this week, in fact. And, you know, in the men's meeting on Saturday, we, we shared some thoughts and some comments. One of the things that was shared is just kind of a personal belief of mine that really everything that happens in my life has a a private and a public purpose. I mean, God is is ministering to me privately and growing me and developing me in in my own life, and my own household, but then he's also exposing me to the things of the world for the purpose of being able to relate and minister to those who are in the world, right? There's a private purpose, an individual purpose, And there's a public purpose and a corporate purpose. Well, this week, I endured something in a project with work. Uh, We'd worked very hard on this project. We had gone way above and way beyond to bring about success. And in the end, uh, we really got in trouble. We got kind of chewed on a little bit, so to speak. And it really didn't feel very just. Now, what's really interesting was the response that came. I mean, when the, the hostility came and we knew it was undeserved, the first response that I felt rise in me was to vindicate or defend myself. And it was to come through uh, really unfruitful ways. I will bark louder and bite harder, and therefore I will win, so to speak. Now that doesn't work, and those are the things that God's getting out of our life uh, for the purpose of more fruitful and productive ways being brought into our life. But what was interesting was the whole time this was happening, What was going through my mind is this isn't deserved. Now, what's really funny is this passage of Scripture is talking about this being a part of your life, which should be kind of encouraging that, hey, situations like that are normal for the Christian. They're normal for the believer, and based on this passage of Scripture, they might even have a purpose. So in this case, I look at this, and I think there's an opportunity here, though my initial response is to see Uh, unmerited hardship that needs to be responded to in like manner, what I need to see here is here's an opportunity for God's favor to be magnified in my life. And the amazing thing was the way it was handled. When it ended up being handled the right way, it truly did open up the door for favor. And what started as a, a really aggressive chewing out, so to speak, ended with this word, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What a transition to go from from being chewed out to being thanked, and all because of how it was handled. It could have been destructive. It could have cost money, lost business. It could have been in all ways, shapes, and forms a, a fail, but it ended up being a success because of how it was handled, and when I look at this passage of scripture, I see that we're being instructed in how to handle false accusations, unmerited hostility. When we handle it a certain way, a door is provided that can be opened up to success. That certain way, based on the scripture, is to endure. I want to read the last part of that scripture. But when you do what's right and you suffer for it, patiently you endure, this finds favor with God. Now, it's really important to include the the part about endurance, because if the passage of Scripture just said, when you do what's right and suffer for it, that's really not it. It's doing what's right, suffering for it, and enduring, that is what finds favor with God. It makes me want to go and figure out what it means to endure. I want to know what that is so that I can do it, because there are plenty of times in my life where I am unjustly being uh, uh, pursued with hostility. And I have a feeling that you can relate to that. I want to know, how do I take this and use this to my advantage? I I can't just, you know, snap my fingers or wave a wand or take a pill and all of a sudden never be falsely accused. It's going to happen. How can I see to it that when it happens, it becomes a good thing for me? That it can actually produce a favorable result. I want to know what it means to endure so that I can do that. So, you know, me, in in a very spiritual mindset, I turn to the most holy book of Webster and I go to the dictionary, right? I mean, it's important to know what words mean. I mean, how are you going to understand the word of God if we don't know what the words mean that make up the word, right? So we look up the word endure, and I want to read a few definitions to you. It's a really incredible word. Endure, to undergo as a hardship, especially without giving in. Another definition, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. Here's another definition, to suffer something painful or difficult patiently. And then now a final wording of that definition, to remain in existence or to last. I love that last one. To remain in existence, right? So let me just tell you something. The dinosaurs did not endure, right? They went extinct. But I see this happening. I actually see Christians going extinct if they don't endure. You see it in the scripture. The scripture refers to a remnant, those who will remain. Those who remain what? In existence. They don't go extinct. So in this situation, I realize my existence is on the line. When all of these trials and all of these hardships are coming my way, my identity as a Christian is meant to be held on so that I can exist as a believer. So that the light that has been released in this world won't be snuffed out and become darkness, but will endure, will last, will exist. And we're called to be that light. To remain in existence and to outlast those things which are attempting to bring about that demise. I want to give you a couple of, of scriptures here. Uh, endurance really is the ability to remain, and I want to give you a passage of scripture here to reveal how important it is to understand endurance. Uh, it's really necessary for us as it concerns sin and righteousness. Here, here's a passage of scripture that I think is really uh, an incredible one to, to take note of, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Now, remember, we're talking about endurance as it concerns you know, sin and, and Righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you but what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with that temptation will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So there's kind of an amazing thing here when you read this passage of Scripture, and and we point out these things consistently. We point them out often, but it's just kind of a a personal quirk. Maybe it's a personal discipline that has had an impact on my life, and so I share it. I hope that it has an impact on yours. When I see words like, so that, I I stop and I, I pay attention, because so that is really revealing the purpose, right? I mean, so... There's things that we do so that we get that result. Well, I see that what's going on here is it concerns, you know, sin and God's provision of escape. And then I see the so that. I mean, God is going out of his way to provide an opportunity for me to endure. Endurance must be really important. It's an intentional effort to bring this into my life. I mean, as as sin or temptation comes into my life, which it exists in the world, the scripture says God is faithful, that he won't allow that temptation to, to transcend my ability to endure, and that with that temptation will provide an escape, a way out in order that or so that I can endure it based on the definition of endure, so that I can outlast it, so that I can remain, so that I can, can last and be present when that temptation is long gone, I will still be standing. I'll give you another passage of scripture, and this one is one that I, I give. It has multiple places in the word that, that all testify of the same concept. Matthew twenty two. You'll, you'll find similar passages and Matthew 24, 13, Mark 13, 13, you'll find it in Luke. Jesus talks about it in Luke 21, 19, but the concept is all the same. Uh, Matthew 10, it reads like this. It is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Now, this passage of Scripture, you could just read right through it, and you could miss some things that I think are really important to notice. I mean, it's just this short little Statement. This, this, this small sentence, but yet there are words there that need to really trigger some thought in our lives. Endured to the end. To the end is really the interesting thing to me. I mentioned before kind of life events, having a, a private and a public purpose. I, I had a, a medical uh, visit this week. I'm not wearing a sling. I recently had a shoulder surgery and uh, had some challenges with that surgery, had had some concerns that some things maybe were not successful, and uh, the, the medical community agreed that we ought to confirm that things were good. It turns out, praise God, things were good, uh, but it required an MRI to, to double check. So I go in for the MRI and, you know, I mean... It's not really, uh, uh, nobody likes doing that. But really, when I was going in, I literally went in with this attitude. I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) I mean, it's hot. I've been working. It's just, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to have 45 minutes of white noise in an air-conditioned room with the lights low. I'm out, baby. And unfortunately, that didn't happen, you know. I mean, I got situated on the table, and then they, I was thinking, adios, good night, and then they grabbed my arm, and they said, we need you to hold your arm like this, and I thought, did you study medieval torture in medical school, because this is insane, it's painful, and there's no way that I can hold my arm like that for 40 minutes. And, you know, we joked a little bit back and forth. They said, that's all right. We'll put this on it. Then they put like a weight on it so that I, I had to hold it in that position. And I thought, that's not all right. Saying that's all right doesn't make it all right. But it was really a, a painful thing. And, and I like to think that I'm kind of a tough guy. My wife will tell you I fuss and whine a lot. But, but give me my illusions, okay? I like to think that I'm pretty tough. And I'm thinking, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this, and I even tell them, you know what, that really hurts, but if that's how we need to do it, uh, I'll, I'll do everything I can to hang in there. So, you know, you're, you're going in, you know, the tubes, and then it starts, you know, you have all of this going on, and, and I'm starting to sweat, because I feel my arm starting to tremble, and I feel the muscles starting to spasm. They're not going to be able to hold for, for that long. And then you start doing things like counting in your head, you know, like I'm just going to count to 10 over and over and just kind of lose track of time, you know. And you're, you're sitting there, and it, my nap was ruined. And, and it was so painful. I mean, it hurt so bad. But the whole time I'm thinking, you've held it this long. Don't give up now. Interesting, huh? The one that endures to the end is the one that's rewarded. I mean, what's the point if I make it halfway? Do they, like, give me a little hand clap, little golf clap? <laughs> you did all right there. Good try, right? I'm not going for good try. I'm going for the win. And that's going to require hanging in there to the end. And what's really funny is throughout this experience, you know, I'm aware of, of the passing of time when they ask me what kind of music you want. Uh, I want classical music because... Uh, some of those pieces, you can just get lost and lose time, you know, I mean, like, if you give me Creedence Clearwater, I know how long that song is, and it's like, it's only been three minutes, you know, but give me something I can just get lost in, and lose track of time, and I'm laying there, and it's getting more difficult, and I would love to, like, see from the outside, because at one point, I'm even, like, kicking my legs, it hurts so bad, but I'm trying to hold that arm still, because I want to see this thing all the way through. I want to win. I don't want to suffer halfway through and then lose. I want to go all the way. And it gets down to the point where I know it's getting close. And I, I, I have to, to speak. And so, you know, as the thing is doing all of its, you know, imagery and all of those things, I finally speak and I say, can you hear me? I think they took a break, right? Like they're They're gone. And I'm sweating, and I feel a little tear roll down the side. And I'm thinking, I'm giving this my all. I'm going to hold my arm. I'm going to win. Can you hear me? I get nothing. It's, it's, it's unbearable. It's not going to work. And I, I, I know it's got to just have a little bit left. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. And I, I just tell them, it hurts really bad. I don't know that I can make it. Here's what they did, and I thought this was funny. You know, it wasn't like, I'll be right in there, we'll get this fixed. You know what they said? They said, you're real close. You're real close. We, we only have like a minute and a half on this one, and then two minutes on the next one. You're real close. And, and it was interesting to me to just have that little bit of encouragement, you know, well, I was done. I was cashed. I had already given everything I had, but all they did was say something, right? And just a few words, hey, you're real close. And all of a sudden, there was like this, this rejuvenated uh, strength to just, okay. That's all I needed to hear. I just needed a little encouragement. And I'm thinking about this and just thinking, this is just a silly little visit to the doctor, so to speak, you know. I know it's a bit more than that, but, but for, for the, it's just a little bit of life experience. But how many people are about to give up that just need a little bit of encouragement, just a little, I mean, even just a sentence, a few words, hey, hang in there, you're real close, you've come this far, don't give up. Just to have that, that, that boost, that little second wind. To hang in there and endure to the end. They fought and they fought and they fought and they fought. They've made the right choices, the right decisions. It's been so hard. It's been against all odds. It's been against the counsel of the world. It's been against Facebook. (laughs) Facebook doesn't care about your end result. But the Word of God does. The Word of God's leading you and guiding you into an end result that's absolutely victorious. And sometimes we need just a little bit of encouragement. Hang in there. It's getting close. And that's really a powerful thing. But the message isn't about encouragement, it's, it's about endurance. And it was that encouragement that let me hold in there. We ended up getting the result that we wanted, and it was a win. It's an important thing to know that endurance requires going all the way, the one that endures to the end. If I were reading that in my Bible, you know, the word endurance would probably be underlined but to the end would probably be circled with stars by it. It's one thing to just understand what it means to endure and and apply the definition, but to realize this means going all the way through. You can't partially commit to endurance. You're either in or you're out. I mentioned before we're going to find like the key to, to being complete, that key to completion. Well, it would make perfect sense that that would be uh, that which is required to go all the way to the end. That's endurance. A passage of scripture here from James, James chapter 1. I want to read verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. It says to consider it all joy when you encounter uh, various trials. I think that you can also translate that, consider it all joy when you have an MRI. You know, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's what it says there. The testing of your faith produces endurance. When you have troubles, when you have issues, when you have trials, the testing of your faith that comes through that produces endurance. Now read this next passage. And let endurance now have its perfect result, so that, there's another one of those so that's, right. so that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Now, this is an interesting thing. I mean, my brain is a little bit quirky, a little funny. I'll run stuff forwards and backwards and am constantly kind of in a state of connecting the dots a little bit. But I read this passage of Scripture and I think about things that I've known of the Scripture from, from previous passages of Scripture, such as, you know, that God is perfecting me and that the one who began a good work in me will continue to perfect me. Until the day of the Lord. When I consider that, what I realize is perfection comes through endurance. And endurance comes through uh, my faith being tested by problems or trials or tribulations. What that tells me is if God's bringing perfection in my life, he's going to bring perfection in my life through endurance. And he's going to bring endurance through my life through issues. Hallelujah. Bring on the issues. Thank you, Jesus. But it does give you a different perspective when we deal with things. I mean, these are opportunities for the things that God's at work doing to come to pass. When we we see these things in the proper light and we understand and know what God is doing in our lives, it can be an opportunity to come together and really celebrate the work of God. When I look back on my life, I see some that worked out uh, in agreement with God, and I see some areas where there was resistance. I mean, I remember a time when I was a kid. You know, when you're a child, you become very sensitive to certain things around the house. And I remember a situation where my father had a pay cut, you know. Now, uh, my dad is, is a Texan, which meant, you know, w- he had a job, which meant he had a pickup truck, and it meant he had a boat, right? Well, I just remember he had those things. And then all of a sudden, he had a pay cut, and it was we might have to sell the boat or we might need to sell the truck. And I remember as a kid, that was just kind of like... I, it, It was weird to me. That was a a trial, right? But then I remember what happened with that. I remember that was used as an opportunity for for maturity and growth. The family came together and said, you know what? No matter what, we're not going to to lose faith. We're not going to lose our joy. Let's pray about these things and and just trust that God will, will make a way. Whether that way comes through this or that way comes through that, we're going to worship. I remember doing that as a family, and and it actually opened up a door in that case where the the way was very favorable. But I know that either way that it would have come to pass, that was the right way to handle it. That trial or that tribulation, that testing of faith was an opportunity for endurance, to outlast and and to to be patient and to, to make it through and beyond that hardship and in doing that, it opened up the door for that work of God to continue to build and complete the the process of building us up as a family, building me up as a young man. And that's really a call when you see Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 5 when he, he ends the Sermon on the Mount with the words, you know, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That word translates mature. Uh, I've seen a lot of people get hung up on the concept of of perfect, and and the word perfection, I'm okay with it personally, so I use it all the time. But the idea that we're called to be mature in the way that God is mature, meaning that we have the right perspective, the right view, and we're not misled by the appearance of circumstances, whether we remain rooted and grounded in truth all the time. It's what enables us to endure, to outlast, and to weather the storms of life. I mean, I'll give you a a, a couple of things here to consider how this is coming into my life. I mean, one is through trials and tribulations, and another is through God's love manifest in my life through his leading and guiding. Now, that is the chicken soup for the soul way of saying his discipline. Because that's really what discipline is. It's leading and guiding. I mean, I have a call on my life to raise my sons. That has involved some discipline. They make a lot of good decisions on occasion. They might make a decision that's, that's not so good. And I have a, a duty as their father to help lead them and guide them back on the right track. Your heavenly father is doing that in your life constantly. And we've, we've mentioned this before in other messages, but it's really important to, to see it in the scripture and understand the difference. Uh, between d- discipline and punishment, and, and the scripture uh, is unapologetic about the word being used in God's relationship with you is the word discipline. Uh, Hebrews twelve seven says it, it's discipline that you endure as God's as God excuse me deals with you as sons or you know take the, the gender aspect of that as children that God is bringing discipline into your life. Now, discipline and punishment are completely different. Punishment is defined as this, severe, rough, or disastrous treatment. It also has a a, a retribution attached to it, or or, or payback. It's it's done in response to something done. Uh, Discipline, by definition, if you were just to look it up in the dictionary, uh, is defined like this. Training that corrects, molds, or perfects uh, the mental faculties or moral character. I like that definition. I want more of that in my life. I mean, when you begin to understand what that means, it becomes uh, so desirable, it might even invade your prayer life. Father, I want your discipline. And I think that's a level of understanding and maturity that you see in the psalmist when, when he's praying and he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I mean, when I was a kid, the rod and the staff, they injured me, <laughs> right? But to know that God is bringing discipline, and by definition, discipline means to be trained, right? He's, he's our teacher, molded. He's the potter. We're the clay, perfected. He's doing that perfect work in us, and he's going to continue in the mind, the mental faculties, and in our morality, our heart, our moral character. All of a sudden, discipline makes perfect sense, and he even becomes desirable, Father, let your discipline be present, or present, excuse me, and, and embraced in my life. I want to give you a, a passage of scripture here from the Proverbs as it concerns God's discipline. Proverbs 3:12. It's the one that the Lord loves that he disciplines, even as a father disciplines his son in whom he delights. I mean, when you see these things in the scripture, it becomes a, a, an encouragement. The idea that God is doing this not out of obligation, not out of vindication, but out of love for you. He wants your life to go well. He wants to put you on the right track. He wants to bring the right direction into your life. He wants these things for you, not to uh, save face or to respond to some insecurity that he's suffering. Oh, my kids are embarrassing me once again. But because he is so deeply in love with you, he wants things to go well for you. He wants life to be rich and rewarding for you and for me. And it's just an interesting thing to consider. I mean, you could sit and you could continue to give attention to that verse. But really, in short, the point is, is this passage of Scripture reveals God's motive in bringing about this work in our our mental faculties and our morality He's working in our mind and he's working in our heart to bring this to pass because he loves us and he wants things to go well for us. I, I want to begin to wind down here. We just have a couple of passages left here, but I want to look at how to, to have endurance. And I think it's an important thing to consider because, you know, endurance is really the point of the, the message this morning, uh, the, the thing that allows us to remain, the thing that, that, that keeps us in the position that we're in As we suffer difficulty and trial. Uh, I'll give this passage of scripture to you from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, I want to look at verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 12. Beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance. And the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us. Run with endurance the race that has been set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for joy has uh, himself endured the cross, but despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God, uh, at the throne of God, and consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. Let me reword that last part, so that you will endure. Now again, it's important to kind of reword this and and put it in in kind of the common tongue, so to speak. The end here is saying, hey, look to Jesus. He's the example. Jesus is definitely the example. Consider him who endured the, the ultimate hostility, right? I mean, the ultimate trial, the ultimate tribulation, and who endured it meaning he lasted to the end. There was no point, even when people were telling him, physician, heal thyself, come down from your cross. He, he, he lasted till the end when he was able to say, it is finished. It's complete. It's absolute. It's the end. So he's the example as it concerns endurance. And then we begin to see here what it means to endure and what helps us to endure I think this is a really incredible thing to consider. Uh, First of all, it says, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, right? I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but you're never alone. I mean, I have endured temptation before by simply reminding myself, there are eyes watching me. I might be the only person in the room, but I'm not alone. I'm surrounded by the angels, I mean, the eyes of the Lord are on me. The Holy Ghost is near and present. But we can lose sight of those things and all of a sudden it opens up the door for compromise. But I think it's really incredible that this passage of Scripture, as it concerns endurance, first of all, talks about, hey, you're not by yourself. I mean, you're on a team with the rest of the angels and the saints. You are surrounded by the Holy Ghost and your team is near. They're with you. And in the same way that that little voice came over that microphone and said, hang in there, you're almost done, that team of witnesses is present to remind us that we win. Jesus wins. So it opens up with this. You have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding you. And then it goes on to say, so let us lay aside the encumbrance. That means this this heavy, bulky hindrance and the sin that so easily entangles us. It's the stuff that slows us down, the stuff that, that gets bulky and hard to carry. Uh, those are the things that, as we consider endurance, we can become uh, more given to endure with the choices and the decisions that we make. I, I consider endurance sports for a moment, and I, I'm not going to go long on this, but I, I have a friend who does endurance sports. He does you know, the running and the, the cycling and things like that. I despise the idea of endurance sports, like I'm not built for it, I'm not made for it, but because of our relationship, uh, we, he, he got me to kind of dabble in it just for the fellowship's sake, right? So he, he got me into this, this cycling race where it was, you know, 60 miles of this and that, and, and, you know, I'm like putting a gorilla on a bike, right? I mean, like, I don't ride well, he gets on the bike and it just... Kind of hear the wind streamline over him, you know. I get on a bike, and here's how it sounds, <laughs> and and it's just it doesn't work. And he literally was riding circles around me throughout the race because I was going so slow. But what's funny is he, he he wasn't always that way. Like he he got to that point through through intentional effort. I mean, the word that that they would use in sports is training, right? But as we consider enduring in our lives as believers, there are things that we can do to prepare to endure. There are things that we can do to make us more given to endurance, less likely to fall out. And in this case, what we're seeing here is there are are things that can encumber and weigh down. There are things that can entangle. And we, in our choices and decision, can lay those things down, can cast them aside. I mean, I think it's really important to think strategically. I mean, if you know that there is an effort to bring uh, your life down, to, to, to bring you know, corruption into your life through certain things, make the right decision. Jesus says this, but he says it in, in a way that's a little outside of our common tongue, where he says, you know, if your arm causes you to sin, cut it off. Your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's a little weird, but the, the, the idea is get rid of the things that keep you from enduring. I mean, if there were an issue with, with, with foulness flowing into my house through a computer, I'd rather not have a computer than sit and wrestle with foulness, right? Uh, the television, the, the, you, you name it, the, a, a smartphone. I mean, my goodness, carry a flip phone, for crying out loud. Make the choices and decisions that make it easier to be successful, that make it easier to endure, Now, obviously, I'm painting with very light brushstrokes. We have our children here, but you know what I'm talking about. And it goes beyond those things to all kinds of things. Perhaps there are relationships that are given to gossip. You might put boundaries on those relationships. Maybe there are relationships where there's an open door for that relationship to become inappropriate. See that way out in front. Put the right boundaries on it. Begin to make the choices and decisions that protect you from being encumbered by and entangled by things when you're in the position that needs to have endurance prevail. And then you continue to read here. The the, the instruction continues, you know, as you begin to realize that you have witnesses around you. You're not alone. And as you begin to lay aside the things that could tangle you up and weigh you down, then you have this instruction added to it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I mean, look to him, look at his example and realize that the things that he did were not just done for you, but they were done for your good, your example to see that he did these things, not just that they were done one time on your behalf, but that they were done to set an example on how we're called to live our lives today. And all of these things are meant to lead us and guide us into the life of endurance that we're called to lead. I mentioned to you before we're going to find out what we need. I, I want to, to end with that right now. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point in the message, you'd, it'd be a pretty safe bet to roll with endurance. But Hebrews chapter ten thirty six, it reads like this. For you have need of endurance. You have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. This passage of Scripture, as we read between the lines a little bit, I mean, we're not changing any of the meaning, we're just simply meditating on what's being stated here, is revealing to me that to do the will of God is going to require endurance. I mean, to receive the rewards and the promises that come with doing the will of God will ultimately require me to endure. That there's going to be challenges. There's going to be hardship. There are going to be those things that attempt to disrupt or derail the things that are pleasing to the Lord. But I'm called and equipped to endure. And you'll see similar passages throughout the scripture. The importance of God's uh, gift of the Holy Spirit to endure. And as we're led and we're guided into the life of endurance... We're not meant to do those things by ourselves. I mentioned before kind of being, you know, exposed to the world of endurance sports. I want nothing to do with it, as I said. What was really interesting to me was to see the importance of, of doing this individual sport in groups. I mean, I would watch people run together because they would motivate each other, ride together because they would motivate each other. The point was stay with the group so that you can continue to be motivated and encouraged to not stop and not give up because with every passing second, there's the temptation to quit. But when you can stay together, you can be there for one another when that temptation to quit comes and offer that encouragement to hang in there. Don't give up. Endure to the end. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. There's a number of reasons, you know, why the body of Christ exists, why the church exists, why the congregation is valuable and important. I don't think that it would be right to just say this is the reason. But I do think that it's safe to say this is a really important reason that the body of Christ be present for one another to offer that encouragement when the temptation to quit is present. We're meant to run the race, as Paul wrote, but we're meant to run in a group, together, unified. We're not racing each other. It's not a competition. But yet we're all encouraged with the same ultimate finish line. And when we can stick together, we can be an encouragement just through our life's example. We can offer encouragement through the discernment of the Holy Spirit to bring that word in season that somebody desperately needs to not give up. And ultimately the result, by the Holy Spirit, by the work of Jesus, by the will of God, is that victory that victory that will only come from enduring to the end. I want to pray this morning, and I want to ask God, the same way that we prayed for the children, to do a work in our hearts and in our minds, to lead us into a mentality of endurance and a heart given to endure, to bring to our mind the things that we read of, that we're surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses to lead us and guide us into the importance of evaluating our life and cutting out the things that weigh us down and entangle us, and to fix our eyes on Jesus, that we can be there for one another with the encouragement that's so necessary. There where you stand, I want to pray, there's no greater minister in the room than the Holy Spirit himself. And he's here to minister to us together as one and individually. I want to pray this morning. You're you're welcome to be in a state of agreement or, or receiving, however you choose. But I want to offer this prayer for me, for you, for all of us here. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the equipping and the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for the work of Jesus on the cross. Let his example be set before us in new and magnificent ways. That a greater understanding, a greater appreciation For his work on our behalf would be introduced into our hearts and our minds. And let it have a powerful effect that his example would be set before us and affect the choices and the decisions that we make. Let it affect our attitudes and our words. And as we face the trials of this life, let there be a a new perspective to endure, that there would be an awareness that you're at work in our lives, that you're stirring our faith that you're equipping us and enabling us to endure for wonderful and glorious purposes. We give you thanks, Lord. We ask now that you would bring to our attention and our remembrance that we are surrounded by witnesses, that we're never alone. And let that be an encouragement to each one of us. And give us the strength and the character to cut out all the things that would weigh us down, all of the things that would trip us up as we move forward to accomplish your will. Let there be a fresh awareness of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If it's sin, let it be revealed as sin. And give us the courage and the strength to separate from it. If it's righteous, let it be embraced. and Let it be celebrated with every aspect of our being. And we ask God in Jesus' name, let our eyes be fixed on Jesus. Let us see Him for who He is and all that He's done. That every work that we see in the gospel would not simply be seen as a wonderful, loving work done on our behalf, but let it be seen as an offering of an example for us to live our lives by. And let us be united as a body to offer encouragement to one another. Let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that we would offer words of knowledge in season to one another, to hang in there, to endure to the very end. And let that endurance not simply be seen as a burdensome call, but let it be seen as a victorious encouragement that you've not called us to this suffering to lose, but that you've called us to this victory for the purpose of bringing about freedom and liberty, not only in our lives, but onto the lives of others around us. And let the work and the ministry that you've revealed to us through the gospels continue to be carried out in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless your name and we thank you for all of these things. We receive your goodness. We receive your counsel. And we celebrate your continued work of perfection in each one of us. Be glorified as we live our lives united, encouraging one another to endure to the end. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all the saints declare Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at JamesChurch.com.